Chopping Wood Inside. Welcome to this week's episode of the Chopping Wood Inside podcast, the podcast for Twin Peaks conspiracy theorists and aficionados. My name is Murphy, your host. Uh, I think my buddy Tom's out there somewhere. Yeah, I would uh, I would give a line of dialogue from the show, but was there any lines of dialogue in this episode? Got a light. <laughs> yeah, Got a light. that's the obvious one, obviously. Got a light. We're here to talk about episode eight of Twin Peaks, uh, The Return. Wow, we just saw it a few minutes ago. What are you, were your first initial impressions? I, I'm still trying to gather my wits. It was the most, I wouldn't say bizarre, probably the most bizarre hour of television that I ever, I've ever seen, obviously in films. Lynch films especially, I think we've had something like, you know, scenes like that. But to have it be drawn out for but seemingly like 40 minutes of just these beautiful abstract images and in the past i mean i'm just trying to comprehend everything it, it was i love it the only thing i really didn't like i didn't like nine inch nails i was so pissed <laughs> one scene into it we're going to the roadhouse and we have to listen to i don't like that genre of music i don't really care for nine inch nails and i don't want to spend five minutes of precious running time on a fucking song that i could care you know less about so i was pissed about that and i think i told you briefly on subsequent viewings, I will gladly fast forward through that song. But overall, the whole episode was completely original, completely abstract. I think we got an origin story of, I won't say the Black Lodge, maybe Bob, though, perhaps. Or maybe Bob's manifestation on Earth through human beings, perhaps. Correct, and through the maybe manifestation of these these creatures that are very similar to Sooty, uh, AKA Mr. Balloonhead that we've seen. Zombie Woodsman. Day. Zombie Woodsman. I think that one, the main character in this episode, who was the God of Light guy, I think he's listed in the credits as the Woodsman, which is a callback to Firewalk with Me. In the uh, above the convenience store, there were two characters with long, horribly fake beards. One of them was Jurgen <laughs> Like ZZ Top. ZZ <laughs> Top, yeah. And. And they were listed in the credits, I think, as Woodsman 1 and Woodsman 2. But you made an interesting point. We're in White Sands, New Mexico. There aren't any woodsmen probably in. Yeah, that's what's really weird. There's no woodsmen in the desert. So where are these guys coming from? Well, uh, one thing I did notice is that the wood, the guy you are calling the woodsman, the God of Light guy, um, looks like uh, he did come floating out of uh, the, out of space there with that one scene when they come out of the desert. The, the, he has a kind of a chubby bearded sidekick who's just walking out of the desert, but it looks like the tall guy kind of floats down out of the fog. Um, so maybe he is uh, from the lodge and not because those guys did those guys. I mean, that was my initial question was were those guys affected by the radiation fallout and become zombified? Uh, but before they were just, you know, regular guys. But or did they come from the explosion, not from Earth? I think um, they're... Woodsman aliens, zombie woodsman aliens. Yeah, I think they're a direct correlation from the fallout of the Trinity test, which we saw. That was... The, the nuclear, title card yeah. was, yeah, July 1945. We've been wanting them to go back in time, and so this they, they did it. They this did. Is great. Yeah. They did. Do you want to talk briefly about the only real kind of proper scene that you know fits into the narrative that we got, which was the first scene. Which yeah, let's let's start with that one. Was with Mr. C and Mr. And C Ray. and my favorite guy Ray are on uh, <laughs> the loose. They've been released uh, through out of the Yankton Federal Prison, and they're in the car on the run. And uh, looks like they've been uh, tracked with GPS. And so there's another strange Lynch uh, technology contraption, which I thought was interesting. Uh, but they got, uh, I guess, they put the GPS tracking on the the semi in front of them. And uh, we're free to go. And why don't you continue with the story? Because this is one we've been talking about with the coordinates and Ray and, and Mr. C's connection. Because something weird as shit happens in this scene. 
Yeah, so once they get rid of the, you know, the tracking devices and they put it on the semi, then Mr. C goes right into his coordinates. He wants, you know, the information that Ray received from Bill Hastings' secretary, Betty. And, of course, Ray has it memorized, but he's unwilling to give Mr. C the coordinates because he believes what this information is worth a lot of money. And at this point, he pulls over because he has to take a leak, and he gets out of the car, and then Mr. C opens the glove compartment where there's a gun that he asked for, checks it, makes sure there's bullets, gets out, tells Ray, basically, you're out of half a million dollars, which was, I believe, the same... What does that mean? Yeah, I didn't get that. Well, I think if you remember in the second episode when he recorded that phone call between Daria and Ray that Jeffrey's want hired them to knock off Mr. C and oh, for pay half them a half a million dollars. Yeah. So I think that was the core. I think that was the, 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 the but why would Coop uh, kill him without getting the coordinates first? That's what he needs. Well, no, yeah, yeah, right. It's very interesting, but he had the gun on him. So I, I would assume that he would rather kill Ray than be killed himself. So, because you know, he had the gun, right? Did he pull the gun on Ray and he asked mm-hmm. for the information? He wasn't going to just kill him. He was going to make him give him the information and then kill him afterwards. But then Ray pulled the gun out at him. And then once he realized right. that Ray was armed, he was going to just shoot him. So. And his bu- bullets are empty. I, it's, I find it inconceivable that Ray could possibly outsmart Mr. C, but somehow he did the old switcheroo on the gun in the glove compartment. So no, that, Ray uh, didn't. I, I thought about that for a second. Yeah, so. what happened? So that, this, I mean, this is just pure speculation, but it makes sense that, so Mr. C tells Warden Murphy, you know, that he wants a car and a friend in the glove box and Ray Monroe. And obviously Mr. C has the goods on Warden Murphy. So I'm assuming off camera, we didn't see this scene. Warden Murphy was like, okay, I can't fuck with this guy here. But what I can do is I can give him dummy bullets and his gun, give Ray Monroe a pistol with live bullets and say, Hey, look, you knock off Mr. C. Because if Mr. C is knocked off, then Mr. Strawberry and Joe McCleskey will never come, that that will never come to light. So I don't think Ray facilitated this. I think Warden Murphy did and basically told him, he probably told Ray that Mr. C was going to probably kill him. And uh, and he probably assumed that as well. So I think that that's what do you think about that? Do you think that makes sense? Yeah, that's feasible because it makes more sense than Ray outsmarting Mr. C. Yeah, so. I don't think yes, Ray doesn't have that. So the result of that uh, action, that that crisscross, is that uh, instead of Mr. C knocking out Ray, Ray plugs Mr. C three times in the chest, and uh, he falls to the ground. And then and then then what happens, Tom? Well, he, yeah, he plugged him, and then I think he he went over to his body, and I think he was gonna shoot him in the head to finish him off just to make sure and then as soon or right before he was about to do that he seemed to see something and the audience did as well just this super imposition of several of these creatures what, 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 should we, what should we call them zombie miners coal miner lodge spirits woodsmen what do we want to call them Sooty? I think there's some sort of like uh, woodsman spirits lodge spirits right. of some kind so they came in just hovered around Mr. C. Like they were doing a little like mystical dance to bring him back to life. Yeah. And like they were treating him the the dirt and then his blood all over his face. Yeah. And then they did they pull something out of him that had Bob's face on it? Well, what happened is halfway through it, I thought he was like, this is something. you look down and there's a little image of Bob, which I thought was like on the pregnant belly of like Cooper. I don't know what the, <laughs> what to make of that, but um, it looked like a little creepy little Bob. Hello. He, he was not going to allow uh, Mr. C to die. And so he conjured his minions, the zombie woodsmen, and they brought him back to life or they, they do a little like rain dance to get him to come back. And which is really terrifying. And it freaks out Ray. Oh, completely. He's, Horrified, terrified, scared shitless. I've never seen anything like that scene in anything ever. Like Lynch has never. I've never seen that before. No, and the the sound design or the music <laughs> that accompanied it was, um, it wasn't terrifying. It complemented it perfectly. I really can't articulate it. I loved that scene so much. I mean, I loved so many things about this episode, but just this ritualistic kind of hoodoo voodoo. You know, and they weren't making any noise. You know, it wasn't like you could hear them, could you? Right. No, I, I couldn't. I had, I had the volume jacked, you know, up, you know, to eleven. 
And Ray did a great. The actor that plays Ray did a great job reacting in horror to see what the hell he was. Because what the hell was he looking at here? Well, Um, well, he saw them obviously because he gets in the car and he pulls away and he calls Jeffries. Yeah, Philip Jeffries. And it's like he's leaving a message for Jeffries because we don't hear the other end of the conversation. And he tells him that yeah, he he killed Cooper. He thinks he killed Cooper because of what he saw. And what he said was that I think he said that he saw something. That might be related to what this, what is, this is what what this is all about, uh, and I think it was Bob. I think it, that that because that, that whoever that conversation that Mister C had after he killed Daria said that he wanted to be with Bob again, um, and Ray seems to be a very interesting pawn in this, and uh, and then there was the mention of the farm where they were originally going to go, and I'm assuming that's where Ray is going now, and Mister C knows that, so if he isn't dead, Ray is going to take care of him there, but. I would think if I was Ray and I shot Mr. C point blank and then saw these crazy, you know, woodsmen, you know, appear out of nowhere and ritualistically kind of bring him back to life. If he did come back to life, I would assume Ray would think that there's no killing Mr. C and I would get the hell out of the country. I definitely would give Ray a merit badge for bravery to stick around that scene. Like he didn't run in terror. Like he just stood there for about a good minute watching them rub his blood all over his face and bring him back to life and just this bizarre scene that uh, I don't know yeah, I don't know if it was terrifying but it was just completely I, uh, <laughs> and it just I think it's starting to tie back into Sooty and tie back into Killer Bob Denver Bob and maybe it goes back to the you know the Mark Frost book and the original Twin Peaks lore that somehow these woodsmen came out of the woods and got adopted or they, their bodies are used as hosts still um, you know as uh, symbols on earth of the Black Lodge demons yeah, I don't think we're ever going to get anything concrete as to who they are. I think we we got as many answers as we're going to get in this episode of, you know, it seems like they didn't really exist at at any point before the Trinity, you know, test, the the, the first nuclear, you know, the atomic bomb that we saw. And you know, for the fallout from that is we see these creatures descend upon I believe it's in White Sand still, this convenience store. And that's that ties into the above the convenience store scene from, I think yeah, it was mentioned first story. in the original series and then in Fire Walk With Me, there was the scene where Philip Jeffries said that he had been to one of their meetings and it was above a convenience store. But I always thought that was in like Seattle, but obviously this isn't in White Sands, New Mexico. But uh, maybe they yeah, so I don't What? <laughs> Maybe it's a chain. They have several around the country. They've got a chain of convenience stores. Yeah. yeah, there was a little phone. You can notice there's a, a pay phone there. Um, you know, two like kind of Indian head like you know gas. Um, they're not gas tanks, but uh, pumps. You know, looking at like whatever. Great so set design. To, yeah, just to go back to the Bob uh, Cooper ritualistic dance. Like watching that again, it does look like he is birthing like a, a some like membranous type of like. Bob baby or you know what I'm saying it's it's a part of Cooper like that 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 yeah, Bob is, was not it wasn't a separate woodsman it was a part of Cooper's body Bob's head right right so uh, you think that the Bob <laughs> spirit in in Cooper right so the doppelganger um it's, it's Dale Cooper but it's, it's possessed like Leland you know with Bob that Bob wouldn't be like some part of his organic material that he would just be like a parasite, you know, within him. But this gives the impression that he's part of, you know, the, you know, the organism of, of, of the physical body of the physical body. Because when Leland was killed, you know, it's like, I think he even said like, you know, like there'll be a rip cord, you pull a rip cord and, you know, like you'll see him talk like where his conscience used to be. And, and Bob is just, he's freed and, and you see him leave, you know, via the owl. You know, you don't see, you know, obviously this was like 1990. They certainly couldn't go there or didn't go there. But I never would imagine that Bob was part of Mr. C's, like, anatomy, his, his you know, his, his organ, part of his organs or, or something else that was, like, grew in. It's like a Lynchian, like, organ, like a Bob organ that's, like, driving the doppelganger. At least that's, I mean, who the hell knows what's going on. But uh, it is very curious that that, like, you would think that he would just leave Mr. C alone and Bob would go off fly fly away into someone else. Why did they reanimate him? 
Uh, I don't know. I'm just still f- totally taken by the Bob. <laughs> Trying to figure out what Bob was. It was almost like it was the cyst like growing and it was coming to a head and the head was Bob's face and the, and the, the log of the zombie woodsman were like trying to push it back down into Coop. You know what I mean? So if it popped, yeah. then maybe he would have not been able to stay. You know, Coop would have died. But right. they were doing their little ritualistic you know, dance to keep Bob back inside of him. I love that shot of uh, Frank Silva. That was great, man. Um, That's the one from Firewalk With Me. That might be our clip from Firewalk With Me. I think that shot was the shot when Laura went into her room and saw him sneaking behind her dresser and you know for the diary. And he gave that, that was the look, that, that, that image of Frank Silva that was in whatever membrane that was. I think, I'm pretty certain of that. Um, They've done a great job of incorporating Frank Silva yeah, in the story. Yeah, right. We thought that was a big look real. mystery. What we, how, we, how were they going to incorporate Frank Silva into the story so far? And I, I think they've done a masterful job. I, totally I thought we might see a little Frank Silva in the convenience store, especially when they start getting to, you know, they're milling about outside in that, like, time elapse, just crazy jumpy editing, and then they get inside, and you can see them moving around frantically inside the convenience store. I thought we might get a little boss. Yeah, one there. other thing about Mr. C getting shot, it's you know, he it's similar to the Cooper's backstory was Cooper was I believe shot by Wyndham Earl. Um or no, he and was knifed. Joseph. He was knifed by Wyndham Earl in the stomach. And but then he was shot at the Great Northern. He was plugged two times in the stomach, right? Wasn't he shot by Yeah, Josie? twice by Josie. Twice. So by same. Walter PPK, James Bond's game. <laughs> right. So so we had that whole scene, and then I think after that scene is when we had the Nine Inch Nails. We don't have to go into that. And, uh, I thought it was pretty good. I liked you, it. So you liked it? I didn't. I mean, I, I understood it as being like a palate cleansing moment for everyone to just take a breath and, and think about what we just saw. I think that's. I mean, obviously there've been a lot of you know super bizarre scenes that are worthy of thought and uh, contemplation in the series, but this was a one where I think maybe they just, it's almost like the midpoint of, it's not the midpoint of the show, but um, it just felt like a time where uh, that it was put in there on purpose. It wasn't just put in there as a musical. I thought that was supposed to, you know, drive home the point of the insanity that we just saw. Yeah. I just, my question about that scene and I, I don't think there's any answer for it is why, why let, or why reanimate Mr. C it doesn't seem like Mr. C is have, has any relevancy or can be tied unless Bob wants to be in Mr. C, you know, doesn't want to leave Mr. C because Bob. Could, yeah, we never I, get to hear his opinion. Like he's just this, like, kind of <laughs> riding shotgun. Right. We don't get to hear what he thinks. Right. Of being and I, I, I always suspected that since, you know, Bob, you know, was in Leland and Leland was, I think, a very weak minded individual. And I think Bob could very easily manipulate Leland but Cooper's a different beast Cooper has all these you know strengths positive you know attributes he's very spiritual and I think it's a great host for Bob but I always got the impression that you know it being the doppelganger and not being just like you know the Leland Bob you know host parasite that maybe Cooper was a little stronger than maybe Bob anticipated and was a little suppressed but it certainly doesn't seem like that now. It seems like Bob is very happy. This is just my opinion. Bob is very happy, was always very happy to be in Mr. C. And it goes into your theory about the weaponization of like Bob and being in the perfect vessel of, of, of Cooper because he seems to be unstoppable. And, and now at this point, not only does he seem to be like unstoppable and omniscient, he is, he's like a god. He cannot be killed. So, what are the implications? Definitely evoked of uh, this? the leftovers as well. <laughs> There's similar scenes in the leftovers uh, with this guy who's uh, not uh, seemingly uh, able to die, uh, which is never explained. So maybe Coop is immortal at this point. Maybe uh, Dougie has to pull some sort of golden orb move, or Laura, or somebody to actually be able to kill him because I don't think anybody else can. See, I have thought, not half thought. I thought that. Uh, during that whole scene when, when Mr. C got shot and even during the ritualistic dance by the woodsmen that we were going to cut away to Cooper as Dougie you know, in that scene and that there was going to be some reaction because of the whole thing being tied to the one-armed man's uh, information that you know the two of them can't coexist. One of them has to die. And here we are seeing Mr. C, be, he's plugged and you know he is either dying or dead at that point and what if what was you know cooper feeling at that point was there any 
you know, kind of reaction. So I thought they were going to go there with that. Um, obviously, they didn't. And obviously, he's not dead. He's still alive. He was reanimated or brought back to life. But I did expect, I, I thought that they, they might go, you know, uh, go to, uh, to Cooper at that point. And we saw nothing. I mean, we saw no one, right? We saw no one other than Trent no, Reznor and his No, this band. was an entire, like, this was an entire just, uh, you know, surreal Lynchian, like, visual nightmare scape the entire episode. Right, so... Probably about 25 lines the entire episode. I mean, there's a lot of silence and a lot of, uh, like, I mean, yeah, I don't think there's any regular cast members other than, you know, Coop. And Ray. And Ray, yeah. And, uh, Did you look at the cast list at the end? It was like eight people. <laughs> <laughs> Usually it's like right, 150 people right, in the cast. It's like right, 12 right. this episode. <laughs> well, wh- why don't we move on to the next uh, sequence, which was an amazing uh, 2001 type uh, evocation where you were doing a slow zoom across. We go back in time finally, and we do that slow zoom to the, the mushroom cloud with the, the crazy 2001 Pendrecki music. Yeah, it's the Trinity uh, is, was the code name. It was the first... I believe atomic uh, bomb test in uh, White Sands, New Mexico, in uh, July 1945. And you know, right when we go back, you know, we see this long tracking shot, and we zoom in with the Pendrecki soundtrack, which is just fantastic. It always evokes Kubrick for me because he used it so well, Pendrecki so well in uh, The Shining. But did he also use um, Pendrecki in 2001? I felt like he did with some of the monolith stuff, but maybe I'm wrong about that. Like the Stargate scene when he went into yeah. the uh, the monolith. Yeah, I think I think it was. It and going through like the the their, their own spaceship. Remember in 2001 when they yeah. later on towards the show. I think there's some Pendrecki stuff. But it was there. so like for it's me, very eraser head is too. Like when they go into like the you start going into the subatomic level of the nuclear explosion, and just Lynch has a just a complete masterpiece of visual delight for us, which I can't explain at all, but. Uh, yeah, I can't really articulate, but once you got into the, the the mushroom cloud, you're seeing you know all of these dip flashes of particles and different lights, and you're seeing just the heat, obviously the immense heat that you know from the actual explosion. And I, I was just I was mesmerized. I mean, I was I mean I had the volume cranked up so loud in a darkened room, and I was completely immersed. And it, I mean, this goes on for minutes, and then I think we—I mean, there's there's so much to process here. There was, I think, at some point, it, it's like it, alchemy. Were, You're talking about alchemy. This is yeah. kind of some alchemical uh, manifestation uh, that like, maybe the bomb has has created a, a fissure in the universe that perhaps is, is allowing uh, the the lodge uh, spirits to to manifest on Earth finally. Um, well, although like they the have been here before, right? like yeah, they they they've been here before with the Nez person stuff, so. We were talking about like weaponization of Bob. Maybe the atomic bomb is that. It's the it's ma- the evil that men do. You talk about that. That's finally once once that man had the ability to do that to create that sort of uh, you know weapon. Then that's what finally got Bob here on Earth. Right. See, I always thought Bob was um, like a spirit of some sorts that had been around for you know maybe as long as, as time existed and it's interesting if, if, if this is the way they're going that Bob was you know created from this atomic explosion because that's certainly what you know is indicated at least certainly you know when I'm when I was watching it to see the, the image of Bob but he didn't show up in the in one saliva bubble the, the bomb no he not in the up. explosion he only shows up later when that like baby alien creature blows it's i can't even describe what that is but it's creating something right uh, and bob is in a like a one saliva bubble of this creation that this uh otherworldly creature is making after the uh the bomb goes off but that is even after we see the convenience store scene when all those woodsmen are just shuffling around outside the convenience oh, store. Yeah, that's and then, very interesting. That's that's after because that's weird. Because you would think I, that the Bob I, manifestation would come before. I the think it was. Work. I think. I think. I mean, I, this is just seeing it one time. I think. No, you're right though. I think I'm watching it now. I think uh, you're right. You go the into the explosion and you spend a few minutes in there, and then it it just dissolves to the convenience store scene, and then we see like the woodsmen, you know, rummaging about, and then they're inside. 
the convenience store. And I, I thought, as, as you did, that they were going to go inside and we were going to see one of their meetings or something. But then I think then that's where it goes back into, and I'm not saying it's the mushroom cloud at that point, but it's certainly similar to that. And then that's when we see whatever that, that, that creature was that it was very similar to the scene of when uh, Cooper was shot out of the electrical socket as black smoke, you know, and, and then, yeah. it, you know, it's like kind of elongated and then it, uh, it took shape around like the vomit that Dougie had, had you know, expelled. So um, and, and that's what like this, whatever that shape was, it was almost like expelling something and, and Bob was a part of that. And then I think that um, right after that is where it goes through some more visuals, which ultimately leads to um, the, the, a purple sea, which was something that we saw in episode three, right? The, uh, the the purple room. It had that ocean outside, that purple ocean. Yeah, it, it almost seemed like there's a slow, like after the explosion, all the, you know, this visuals that we're seeing, like it seemed like we moved into space somehow not going as fast as like the episode two episode three you know scenes with cooper careening through the black hole but we're moving through space it looks like you're seeing stars go by right and then slowly we arrive at this purple ocean you know and i was like well maybe that's what it is that they that the 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 ability to teleport between time realities and astral planes is somehow opened up with this explosion um, in the purple, uh, you know, this this purple planet we get to, or reality, was it purple? Because I'm colorblind, I can't tell. Was, did it look purple in this episode? <laughs> yeah, the um, the exterior, purple to me. Uh, the ocean was purple, and then you saw this, uh, you know, mountain, and that it was very thin and and not like a cylinder, but it was thin, and it, it and and it rose up to the top, and then there was a structure at the top of this, you know, mountain. And um, on top of that um, was another little structure. And then the camera, it was like the shot. It was like an observatory. Yeah, you're right. You know what? That's exactly what I thought when I saw it. And then there's a scene or the scene that that follows was very similar to the opening of of Psycho, where you do this panorama of, of Phoenix, I believe it was in Psycho. And you see the hotel and the camera slowly like zooms into the window where uh, yeah, Janet Lee and, and uh, Sam, the Sam Lewis character are because we do the same thing. We go into this this room, and you said it looked like a keyhole, and for me, it looked like like the the electrical like uh, socket or outlet, like one hat, one just one a part of it, just one. You know, usually there's three, there's two on the top, and one of the it looked like one of those. And we go into there. That's how we enter. Yeah, the laboratory, or the, the the observatory. Right. And is it white? Like, let's go. I thought it was maybe the white lodge we we're looking at. Well, now. it's certainly the floor pattern is exactly the same from the first scene in part one where the giant is talking to Agent Cooper. So, if that was the white lodge in that scene, um, this is the white lodge. But we don't know. And it seems like, are we in space? We've traveled through space. The purple room obviously was in space, or at least when they went up the ladder and opened the hatch, they were in space. So I, you know, I don't know if this is interdimensional or, or what, but there was a um, uh, a larger woman sitting on a uh, I don't know if it was a couch or if she was a chair and she was listening. Was it the same? Uh, is it phonograph? You know, the or gramophone that? Yeah, um, it was the same gramophone. First, it looks like it was one, the right? white. It looks like it was the same scene, the same location. Uh, yeah. in black and white is the episode one when we saw the. Giant and also person. in that room at the at the left edge of the uh, the screen was that bell shaped. Uh, structure that was yeah the satellite yeah that was in episode three yeah when he was in the purple room astral plane there that looked like the same but now it looks like it's no not the top of a building it looks like it was like the giant's alarm clock or something or the bat phone or something because it goes off yeah it was an alarm of some because it gives off an alarm right and then he appears from uh the the opposite side and just stares at it for a while and then he turns it off but then he goes into i think that lady is maybe the giant's girlfriend what do you think? Didn't it seem like that was they were like a uh, like a, just a happy couple? Yeah, I was and like when was I saw great. the giant. Yeah, when I saw the giant pop out, I was like, oh, it's a giant. Okay, because yeah. I thought maybe it was like we're still in the 1940s. That maybe we were looking at, you know, some. She looked like she was dressed in the night in a 1930, you know, a retro kind of outfit. So I thought maybe she was a real human being. But then I see she's hanging out with the the, the giant. He's got a girl. <laughs> I like that. Right. I mean, that what a nice little happy home they have there, listening to some great music. Yeah. yeah. And life is good until. You know, obviously the explosion in, in the New Mexico desert, and then the giant goes 
up some stairs and tell me if you thought this the 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 room in which he goes into looked like some kind of theater and because it, it had yeah. a screen and and if you looked to the right of it it looked like there was a balcony it looked like the same scene long drive yeah the silencio yeah. scene mm-hmm. it did it definitely so, did it could be the same theater you it could that? be it very well could be the same theater and i have like you know I thought maybe that uh, we were going to see the blue-haired lady. No, I didn't, but uh, it did look exactly like <laughs> Well, that, Lynch uh, loves theaters, and he loves it. Yeah, Balcony. It looked like yeah. that was a similar uh, – yeah, it looked very similar to me. So the giant is – It looks like he lives in a giant – it looks like the inside of the laboratory, the White Lodge laboratory on the on the peak there. It looks like it's a giant movie theater, like an old classic, you know, 1920s, you know, one of those grand old theaters. Well, yeah, because it, it has a screen, and he's watching. Yeah, he goes and the... he, he. That's what I thought was a little funny is he's got like some. <laughs> he's like a superhero or something. He can like monitor Earth and watching again. Okay, going back to look at that that creation of Bob through the one saliva bubble. It looks like it's a. It's got arms and a head. It looks like a kind of a female form a little bit, but it doesn't have yeah. legs really. But it's floating in space. And uh, the giant is able to use its, uh, you know, like like it were Superman or Batman on the in the Batcave, able to monitor this uh, creation of Bob through the the saliva bubble that we see, um, and he is able to freeze frame like Batman when we see uh, Bob and you know contemplate, <laughs> right. and that's supposed to be. What do you think that interpretation is? What does that mean? Well, it ties back to the one of the first episode, right? The, what's the first line that he tells Cooper? Um, it is in our house now. Yeah. So Bob is in her house now. But that 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 whatever that creature was that you know birthed Bob or expelled Bob. I thought um, it was the box monster in Laura. That's know, what I was going to say. Is that what if that was the box monster? Because if like I'm not mistaken, monster. the person who there's a person listed in the credits and it's a woman and she's very attractive for the the uh, in that episode is I think experimental model. And then I believe in this episode, there is a person listed in the credits as experiment. So what if that same per- – and I, I can't remember if it's the same actor. You're like, I'm in the new Twin Peaks. What, do you, what role do you play? I play experiment. <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> right. Awesome. Get to work with Lynch. Um, yeah, so I don't – I mean, it, yeah, it seems kind of, you know, the giant is watching this unfold – like you know, how, you know, I'm not even gonna go, you know, how like how he has access, who's filming. Maybe it ties back to him being God, though. My uh, theory from last time, right? He might be well, God. Yeah, but well, okay, it, you know, kind of uh, expound on that because what happens right after that? Well, he uh, basically he creates. Uh, he goes up and he kind of goes into this. He floats up in the air and uh, he gets in a similar similar like prone position that Cooper was in, Dougie, when he first manifested on the floor. I thought, mm-hmm. and he starts having these. Uh, golden uh, visual, I don't know, I can't tell you what it is. It was almost like gold dust floating above his head and he was manifesting something. And uh, his girlfriend comes over and sees him floating in the air and they have some really cool music. And there's like, it's like a little gold orb. It's very similar to, to, uh, I thought maybe Dougie's orb from when he was disappeared. But it looks to be bigger than that and it floats down in a really hypnotic scene into his girlfriend's hand and she looks into the gold orb and what does she see? She sees the face of Laura Palmer, and not just the face of Laura Palmer. <laughs> I laughed. But the homecoming, <laughs> the homecoming photo. picture, <laughs> yeah, the, the home that picture. homecoming picture has really gotten around. Uh, <laughs> I was amazed that yeah, that they must be proud of her winning the uh, homecoming princess because that's. The I was shot. actually Even the White Lodge is proud. I was actually quite moved because. <laughs> I was I, moved too because I was like, "What is this? Is kind of beautiful. Um, what's happening? Uh, it's almost yeah. like that he's he's creating uh, an antidote to go." Maybe some goodness, a little pure, little nugget of good soul to go down and try to combat Bob's evilness. Or maybe the purest of all souls are... I, uh, I concur, my friend. I think you're onto something because whatever he was watching on the screen, they, they froze it on the image of Bob. And then that's when he ascended and you know created that gold orb, which you know kind of housed the soul or spirit of, of Laura Palmer. And then his girlfriend... You know, clutches it, and then I believe she kisses it, and yeah. it floats away. And then on the screen now, we've got this it's like retro 1950s <laughs> Planet Earth <laughs> shot from a NASA space shot, a stock right. footage, 1948. <laughs> right, and and you see it like you know hover over. I was like, it was hovering over Africa at some point. I was like, wait a second, Laura Palmer is not African, and then then it slowly started moving towards North America. And I'm assuming 
towards like the Pacific Northwest, but it didn't go that far because maybe it's going to White Sands, New Mexico, but we won't go there just yet. I want to just finish a point on that scene where his girlfriend shows up and uh, and he's you know basically well we think maybe creating the antidote to Bob and I believe this is only the second original piece of music by Angelo Badalamente. It sounds it was great. It sounds like Angelo. Yeah, it does sound like Angelo. And it was it was very moving and very touching. And I I really like the the actress who played the giant's girlfriend. She had such a serene happy yeah, face. Yeah, compelling her eyes. She looks like a nineteen twenties uh, movie yeah. star. Yeah. It just made me feel happy, and then to see Laura, I didn't laugh. I was actually moved. I'm, I'm someone who is, you know, probably completely closed off emotionally from like many, many years of just uh, pure like selfishness. And but I really <laughs> You're just desensitized to life. I'm desensitized. Yes, I am. But um, when I saw that, I really got. I felt like very emotional, and uh, I, I loved it. And, and, and with the music, the music certainly helped. And I thought it was a very sweet, compelling emotional scene and seeing Bob you know the two big icons of Twin Peaks Bob you know frozen on that screen you know basically you know um, you know with that evil face and then to see the he kind of looked better it's almost like a glamour shot I thought he looked like a, kind of like a more handsome in the bubble I was like he's kind of like the, the supermodel version of Bob like looking less scary nice smile his hair was all tousled. It's uh, it's a wonder wonders what they could do with uh, CGI nowadays, right? I mean, to make Bob like a you know, glamour shot. That's that's very funny. Did you notice when the giant walks up that staircase in his laboratory or his observatory house? Like, there's is this, is there like he makes the slow walk up the stairs? Is there like some golden rod or glowing or is that a crack? What what is that at the top of the stairs? You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about. I don't recall that, but I do remember actually, and this is something that um, I forgot to mention when when the his girlfriend. We'll just call her his girlfriend. Kisses the 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 gold. What is she order. called in the credits? I don't know. I don't. I, I don't. I don't well, can't we figure this out? Since there's only like 14 people in the. I know, right? But when that when that orb um, ascends, it goes through this golden. It looked like a kind of a saxophone. This kind of instrument. Yeah, of it was like sort. this kind of yeah steampunk like mechanism at the top of the uh, little monitor they're looking at, and the gold orb goes into it like a saxophone uh, little shoot or something, and it shoots out into the world through this strange steampunky type object. Yeah, and there's there are other like kind of mechanical devices or yeah like gears and levers gears, and right yeah, at the top, of things, yeah. the top of it. So. Um, yeah, so that was all, you know, very – and I think – do you want to add anything else? About, I mean, I'm sure we could talk about that scene endlessly, but uh, um, we do go, I think, right after that scene. We flash forward, don't we? Uh, well, do we end up where, where they're going down onto Earth? Is that what you're saying? Oh, nine years later, do we flash forward into nine years later? Is Doesn't it go from 45 to 56? Is it 11 Yeah, years? it like ticks up like in front of our eyes, the little like uh, yeah header there. And so we're suddenly nine years later um, – and then what happens? I think the first scene is what you mentioned. And I, I had forgotten. I think the first scene is just a, a shot of the of the desert, and someone or something descends. Yeah, right? I think so, it's the woodsman, the guy that got a light guy. He descends out of the clouds and lands. And then I look, they cut to another guy, another woodsman from the desert who, who's walking. And so these two creatures have manifested themselves nine years later. Um, I don't, on Earth, I, does that tie into? Have we seen the egg yet? No. So I think what happens, I think we see that, and then we cut to the convenience store again, and then we see the two young kids, the two young lovers, like walking, and then the girl spots a penny on the ground, and it, it heads up, and she <laughs> yeah. says it's very lucky. I saw the humor in that. Yeah, she's like, yeah. "Oh yeah, I hope you're you're going to get a lot of luck." Well, <laughs> we see what happens to her. And they walk off, and then I think it cuts back to um, like a highway scene, and this uh, couple, older couple, are driving, and they see another car maybe pulled over to the side of the road, and all these woodsmen are surrounding this car, and then they wind up coming to the car that's that that had just pulled over, and then that's when we see like Woodsman Number One, the main guy, who I believe is an actor who is predominantly known for playing uh, Abraham Lincoln. A Abraham Lincoln. He's like an Abraham Lincoln impersonator in any number of films. But he has a smoke, and he goes up to the car and gives us our episode title, Got a Light. And if you noticed, 
the woman, the, the, the gentleman who's driving, his wife, she's like screaming, but it's distorted. Did you? Did yeah, you? it was like a buzz, like a total Lynchian, like, yeah. You know, yeah. Oh, slow motion. And he's look, like more captivated. I think they've got like some, some sort of hold on him a little bit. And uh, I was wondering what would have happened if they had actually given him a light. Yeah. A cigarette. <laughs> would he have exploded into flames or would he have just left? I know, I mean, right. No one ever actually gave him a light. <laughs> It uh, it kind of reminds you won't get this reference, but maybe there's someone out there. Uh, you never saw Creepshow too, did you? Uh, well, no, I did, but it's been a while. That that last segment, there's this lady hits hits a hitchhike, uh, runs over a hitchhiker, and then you know, through the course of the story, she sees him over and over again, and he has the same line. He says like, "Thanks for the ride, lady," like over and over and over again. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so. Um, obviously, I don't think Lynch has ever but seen that, but the God of Light was repeated like at least. Yeah, well, 10 and not times. even like, dude, it's not even like he's not a human. Like, how does his voice talk about that? That's not a human voice. No, no, certainly manipulated uh, by Lynch in a very creepy fashion. Um, well, and he, he kind of had like darkened face, kind of like sooty. And then I was thinking of how the uh, the zombie uh, woodsman in the beginning were rubbing Cooper's face with blood, and maybe it was like black oil to make his face black too or darkened. You know, did you notice that correlation between? The earlier woodsmen and then like the guys we're seeing in the desert now. Oh yeah, I I completely agree that who we saw in the the cell next to uh, William Hastings and in the last episode, part seven, um, when Lieutenant Knox is talking to Colonel Davis, we saw another. See, I don't think we talked about this in the last podcast. I don't think it's the same sooty creature, yeah, different dudes. Yeah, because we we've now seen how many of them, right? There's yeah. like you know like literally dozens of them. Um, what their role in in, in, in Buckhorn is, we, we don't know yet. But uh, there's certainly, I think, their creation or their appearance is a direct correlation to you know the the, the nuclear or the atomic bomb test in, in the desert. Um, I think we're seeing an origin story of this this evil. I don't think it's related to the Black Lodge. I mean, it is to some extent. How is that possible when Bob is involved? Well, but I think it's. I mean. It, the Black Lodge, I mean, this could go into so many different like ways or whatever, is that you know, the Black Lodge is, all we know about the Black Lodge is from Cooper, right? I mean, we've heard you know some lore of the Black Lodge, but what we've seen of the Black Lodge is really only through Cooper's eyes. So I was always under the impression that the, what we've seen of the Black Lodge is really kind of just a, a manifestation of like Cooper's experiences, that it, it could very well be different for, for you know, anyone else who goes in there. Um, and there obviously is so much more to the Black Lodge, and I think this episode is the real kind of first time, other than the little you know like direct kind of like nuggets back in the day with the convenience store and whatnot, that we're getting really this creation of you know these these creatures, the the Chalfonts, the Woodsmen, I think the Jumping Man, you know Mike and Bob, obviously that's not all coming together. But we're, we're at least starting to kind of like, you know, put some pieces together. And so, yeah, I, I think agree. it's really think, expanding the lore. I think what it's doing, it's making yeah. it, it's creating a bigger universe and a bit larger time, uh, you know, span as well. Now we've jumped back into the 40s and 50s and we right. see that these guys have been around. Um, well, we had talked about, remember? Where were they in the original series? We just saw Bob. No, yeah, we didn't see any like woodsmen. Um, nothing. No, the first indication was in Firewalk with me. But we talked about recently in a. Um, a draft of Firewalk with Me, which was um, written by Engels and Lynch, Robert Engels and, and David Lynch, never made it to you know the shooting script. But there was a whole little subplot that was uh, that took place in the fifties around in the Eisenhower administration, I think, and it had to do with like I Love Lucy, and it had to do with ants and maybe some Garmambozia. And what he talked about was like the creation of the spirits of the Black Lodge, like in the 1950s. And I think it was somehow tied to a nuclear explosion or the nuclear you know, testing that, that was done in the 40s and 50s. So we had talked about that. That's out there. I think you know, that was just kind of like you know, spitballing between Lynch and Engels back in the day. I don't know if they you know, really took it seriously enough to actually film. Obviously, they didn't. But I think when Frost and Lynch came together to write this, I think they wanted to go deeper into the origins of the Black Lodge, and I think that kernel of an idea was still in Lynch's head with like the 1950s atomic testing, insects, and became what we saw in this episode. And I think it's just another facet of the lore of these spirits that people will be talking about for decades. 
So would you say about... that like your theory about the ants um, coming out of the nuclear fallout um, almost have completely come true, except they're not ants. We see an egg in the desert that slowly hatches. I take, I guess it takes nine years to hatch. Uh, I'm not sure, but uh, it's not your normal bug. It looks almost like this impish <laughs> creature. Uh, it's got kind of like not human legs, but it is like a fairy or a, some demon devil flying locust i don't know what the fuck it is but yeah I don't uh, that, think there's your answer right there buddy right well i thought at one point before the egg the camera does you know do a close-up of the the desert floor and i thought we were going to go and see like a little ant hill and see the ants and they were going to kind of mimic the the woodsman's kind of like you know like uh dance outside of the convenience store and it was somehow going to be tied in but we didn't we got the egg instead and the egg winds up you know, escaping or the the creature winds up escaping the the egg, whatever this unnatural. It's hatching. It's hatching. See, at first I thought it was like a bird, and then I was like, maybe it's an owl. I mean, I have no idea what what baby owls look like or anything. Yeah, no, this thing doesn't have feathers. This is a bug type no, 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 creature, no, no, it but is. it's got yeah. a lot of human forms. And when it pulls out, hatches from the egg, it kind of like crawls almost on its hands and knees, you know, around the desert trying to to. Uh, we don't know where it goes, but uh, we do finally later realize that uh uh it does look go looking for humans um but we have it's looking maybe for one human oh do you think that's it because i was wondering is it just one egg is that maybe like is that somehow uh maybe laura palmer's uh essence coming through that's you know what i mean like you you were talking about that uh as being well i mean this was just the potentially sarah palmer right the child the girl i don't like going that route that's Um, the whole thing with this this richard and linda and Maybe you know being the spawn of Audrey and and, and Mr. C and uh, you know all the you know the offspring. Of, I just don't think that Lynch and Frost are really too interested in that. But when I did see that um, that young girl and and young boy, I just for some reason immediately thought of Leland and Sarah. But then I was like, well, you know, we're in New Mexico. I think you know I, Leland was you know he said that he met Bob at Pearl Lakes when he was a young boy. So I was like, okay, I discounted that. But we never have gotten a backstory on Sarah Palmer. So, well, maybe what if Sarah Palmer grew up in White Sands, New Mexico, and here we are seeing her with maybe her first boyfriend and getting her first kiss. And, you know, there she is, like, listening to the radio. And this bug, this creature, whatever it is after escaping, you know, after it's hatched, like, you know, finds her. But maybe it was destined to find her, only wanted her. You know, it's not like... uh, it was like meant to be, but you certainly get the impression that um, it's it, it might be related to like you know Bob, you know Fallout because here it was in the desert, you know like maybe- well you cross cut between that scene and then you cross cut between between the woodsman and his uh, pal coming out of the the desert and then accosting those the the couple in the car. So the bug I think is tied directly or correlated directly to. The lodge, or maybe we were thinking. Eh, I mean, I don't understand how Laura Palmer's golden spiritual orb would come down and manifest itself as a horrific bug in the desert. No, but yeah, knowing I, Lynch, that could happen. But no, uh, <laughs> you know, I, so. no, I don't think it's. I don't think there's any correlation between that bug and and Laura Palmer. But you know, maybe that bug, you know, is in Sarah for another reason. Like she's got the sight, right? We know she is very, you know spiritually heightened she has heightened senses spiritually um i'm not saying that that's the reason why it's just it's just what came to mind it was the first thing that came to mind and i'll probably just like think about it some more and go like oh no this is just we might not even go back to new mexico we might not have any callbacks to this scene or whatever but that's just what i originally thought um and you you don't you, you what did you originally thought when you saw this girl you just thought it was just two random teenagers yeah, I had, I had no expectations. I just watched it. And so what happens is the uh, woodsmen come out of the desert and they accost the couple in the car asking if they've got a light. And then the, the woman freaks out and finally makes the husband take off. And uh, the main leader, the woodsman zombie from the desert, ends up finding a radio station where uh, there's a DJ in there playing. And so he cruises in there. And I uh, found this is really beautiful, like Ava Gardner type uh, secretary or, or administrator. I don't know what she's doing, but she, uh, you know, says hello or something. Can I help you? And he asks for a light. And once again, she doesn't give it to him. And so he kills her. He grabs her head and he does kind of a similar, uh, you know, evil coop move when he massaged uh, his henchman's face to death uh, uh, in, some, in a previous episode because he just kind of grabs her head. And squeezes it, and it's pretty horrific, but it did not feel real at all. It was very stylized, and 
I kind of almost laughed. <laughs> yeah, it didn't seem. Yeah, he was, it was like he was crushing her head. Yeah, but it was crushing her head. It was like black blood spewing down, but it really did not look real at all. But um, was scary. Um, and then he kept making his way into the DJ where that guy was on the air. And I thought he was just going to kill the guy. He asked for the light. The guy once again <laughs> did not uh, comply or even acknowledge his question. <laughs> and so he's got to die. So the guy grabs the evil wizard, grabs his head, and I thought that was going to be it. But he gets on the air. Dude, it starts uh, making a Bob-like proclamation to the world. What, what was what, talk about that? Well, That's no, a new I mean, incantation we've never heard before. No, I mean he just—I I found it um, almost comical, like that he grabbed the mic. Basically, I, I almost thought that he was going to do like you know, like start like you know. And next, we've got the platters with smoke gets in your eyes. <laughs> that would have been uh, cool. You know I mean? But no, but he, he starts chanting this bizarre like limerick from hell, like another logic. It's like uh, this is the well. I am the water in the well, and something you know. I think it's this is the well. Drink full and descend. The horse is the white of the eyes, and then he just repeats it, or he might say something else after that. But uh, he just keeps repeating this over and over, mantra-like, and then we cut to other sections of this small town, like a diner. I think it's Pop's Diner, actually. And then, like, a garage, like a mechanic working on a car. And then we cut to the girl who you know just had her first kiss, who found the lucky penny, and... You know, one by one, after listening to this, you know, bizarre poem, phrase or whatever by the head woodsman, they just they pass out. I didn't they think keel they over, died. Yeah. They I thought just, it was kind of like in the darkness, the future past, you know, that yeah, kind of yeah, type no, of thing where it was yeah. an incantation. And anybody that heard it, if you keep listening to it over and over, that it puts you into a trance of some kind. Yeah. And we see that there's an interesting uh epilogue to that because the little impish bug creature finds a home and finds the girl that we've been following and she's sitting there listening to the radio and she hears the the incantation and she lays down to go to sleep but she seems to fall fall asleep she didn't seem to like pass out like everyone else oh see i thought she passed out but she did it more gracefully because she's on bed i think i thought she oh okay i thought it has some power everybody listening to it is going to fall under its spell i thought because she lays down and the the talk why don't you uh give us that punch line well, no, she she lays down and she passes out, and then we see the bug finally starting to. What? No, it's like Wrath of Khan. You ever see Star Trek Part Two? You know, uh, it's, it's the worms like, in the ears, right? The earwig, yeah. This the is earwig, so. Yeah. So she opens her mouth like she's in a trance, right? She didn't. Uh, she doesn't look like she's normally sleeping, right? No, that was the whole thing. It was like the bug had some kind of like, like kind of like hypnotic power over her because her mouth did open. And, See, and I thought that her it. mouth was. I thought that the, the the chant incantation had the hypnotic power, and that uh, somehow the bug was in cahoots with the chanting woodsman, and that that, that I thought maybe maybe there's a whole bunch of bugs getting into mouths of all the people that are passing out. That's very zombie horror movie tropey. It really so is. I, it's like I hope the, uh, that's I, not true. You know, right. I honestly I don't like zombie movies at all. So I'm a little <laughs> disappointed if we aren't going to be able to find like Sooty as our main antagonist. You know what I mean? Like I don't want a thousand Sooties because then it takes away the. At least for me, I prefer to have Bob's and you know main bad guys. But uh, you know, I think that's maybe where we're going. We've got kind of a zombie, a Bob zombie apocalypse going on here. Well, I like the, the bug. Well, you've mentioned that. It's a from city the invasion. Beginning. You've mentioned the Bob zombie apocalypse from the very beginning. I've said it, yeah. So you've here said it is. It numerous times. And here we pretty much got it. You know, well, not like the apocalypse, but, you know, we could maybe see an endgame in sight. Obviously, Mr. C has an endgame. What if it is some kind of apocalyptic Bob, like, you know, endgame? In, yeah, in take over the has. world. Yeah. But um, that, that bug going into her mouth, you mentioned, like, you know, bad horror movies or whatever. Ugh. There's a movie called The Hidden. Which ironically oh, stars Kyle, Kyle McLaughlin. Yeah, yeah, and it's and you see that. this bug. It's the the main alien bad guy is this bug, and it crawls into you know people's mouths and takes over you know their bodies and their minds and you know kills like you know fast cars and loud music. And it, I mean, it was almost exactly like that. But I, we're not going to get this plot. We're not going to see. I would be totally surprised. If we even went back to 1956, New Mexico. Well, but it will explain if we start seeing more cities around. And I really think that's what... And we just saw a whole bunch of uh, cities just making bad coop come back to life. So obviously, they're and introducing the this game. Store. Yeah. Well, the convenience store, though, was not in Twin Peaks. I thought that was in the 50s, you know. Um, 
No, that was in the 40s, right? Cause they yeah, were, the 40s, yeah. Yeah, and this is what were the 50s. But obviously... But we've seen them in know, modern time, essentially. We've seen them in the jail cell. We've seen them in the corner of the morgue. And now we've seen them reviving Mr. C in real uh, real time. Right. Um, we've only seen them in Buckhorn, though, in two instances. Oh. In the jail cell and at the morgue. Well, right? well, they were in the middle of... I don't know where they were when they pulled over. I was wondering, did, did Cooper pull over to that spot on purpose? Because maybe there was some sort of... Glastonbury Grove type, you know what I'm saying? Like, was there a reason, oh. or was it a random occurrence to be at that spot when they pulled over? I think it was just a random. He goes like, hey, I've got to take a leak. He's like, go for it. Like, almost like, that's perfect. That's <laughs> right. exactly what I want you to do. Right. No, I didn't uh, I didn't get that at all. I thought that they were close to whatever that place, the farm is, that they had mentioned, and that's where they were going. But did Mr. C did say, like, oh, pull off of this road here. Um, but I didn't get the sense that it you know they're near some kind of like portal or hellgate or anything like that i just thought he was like oh you want to take a leak great i can get my gun out of the glove compartment and get that information and then you know and pop your ass but obviously it didn't work out that way no but I, you're saying that obviously we saw the, the 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 sooty you know creatures in mass on mass right in that scene but previously we'd only seen them in buckhorn right but so they are Aren't they're near Buckhorn, right? I mean, at least they're in South Dakota. Well, South Dakota, so yeah, maybe the, they're so. All and of and these... there's kind of desert land that kind of looks like a little desert landscape out there in some places. So maybe they're out hiding in the desert instead of out in the woods. You right, know, in the desert. Right. Yeah, they're not. But yeah, but it, I don't know these. I don't know how these creatures are, are listed. In the, but there was specifically a woodsman, the woodsman, and I think that that Lynch wants to tie it into Fire Walk with Me, and ultimately Twin Peaks. I mean. Come on, right? This whole thing is really going to converge on Twin Peaks at some point. I mean, obviously we got Laura, you know, we got Cooper, Mr. C, the happenings in Twin Peaks, the Lodge, the White Lodge, the Black Lodge, and now these new city creatures. It's all going to converge on Twin Peaks. Am I wrong? Yeah, this was almost like it was almost a completely black and white episode. And so I'm wondering, like, is the white that part that scene, you know, with the giant, is that like the Black and White Lodge? Is the White Lodge? What what <laughs> right. is that exactly? Right. Yeah, and it's, it's not on Earth. Like and it's, it's not, and so that's the other thing is like he's aged, right? This is the 1950s, and the giant is an old man, whereas he was a young man when he visited Coop in the 90s. You know, so that's yeah. interesting in terms of. But aging. everyone ages in the Black Lodge as well, right? That's true. So, and I always thought in the um, original series like that, the the Black Lodge, you know, obviously in Glastonbury Grove. But you remember that scene in Owl Cave where they and we talked about this. They found the, you know, the whatever that lever that kind of you know, handle that had the owl mm-hmm. cave symbol yeah. and Wyndham Earl turned it upside down. So I always thought that meant that when you went in, you would go into the black lodge. And if it was inverted, if it was the other way, it would be the white lodge. Like they, right. they occupy the same space depending on like time and whatever that thing was in owl cave meant you either went into the black lodge or the white lodge. And that we've just been, they've just had the black lodge since then because no one's turned that handle for 25 years. But the White Lodge, if this is, if that's the domain of you know the giant and his girlfriend, that seems to be far, far, far away in space, and certainly not in Twin Peaks anywhere. It looks next door to uh, the Purple Room, though. Yeah. In episode three it looks on the same planet. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're close. Yeah. So I mean, that's like because we we don't have any real direct, you know, uh, kind of correlation with the Black Lodge and space, other than you know a time. You know, and a space on you know on you know our earthly plane, but whatever that purple room was and whatever we saw tonight certainly looked like it was you know in like you know a different you know in space or a different dimension. Who the hell knows? And Cooper apparently goes there because in that first scene, I think the giant you know is talking to him in that same room, and the carpet was exactly the same. Yes, yeah, so the, the Cooper ends up eventually getting there. So, you know, we also read about, you know, people were talking about this episode, you know, as being one of the craziest ones and everybody was really watching out for it. And there was a story about how Lynch uh, had been working on something special for one of the characters for this episode um, and didn't reveal it to the crowd, the cast for a while. I'm wondering, after watching it, what do you think uh, it is that he was working on? I have no idea. The only thing that I could have... The bug? I, I could... No, it can't be that, no. Um, the only thing I could think about was that that bell structure, that like you know that alarm, but that already. Well, but that's the same existed. thing. We've already seen I that, know. so it's got to be something saying. else. And I also heard and it was for like what? for a character. It's for a character. Yeah, I, exactly. We only saw was like, it Cooper's Mr. Uh, cell phone that was able to magically de- uh, track the, <laughs> the tracking device. I don't device know. I mean, that it's it's 
I have no idea. I, certainly, you don't get anything. In Seems this like the episode. bug in the mouth scene would have to be, take a lot of time. Maybe that was he was working on the. Bug I guarantee in the mouth you scene. that bug was CGI. Well, that, yeah, of course it was. <laughs> so that, not, <laughs> that thing's not human, man. It's not even or not bug. It's not of this. But earth. you know, Lynch created the baby, you know, an eraser head out of yeah. whatever. I mean, we, no one still knows what he used to make that. He loves working with his hands or whatever. So I think if he could have created that bug and had the time to do it, he would have. I think that woman, the girlfriend, uh, the giant's girlfriend's name is Senorita Dido. Wait, are you making this up or are you looking No, at I'm serious. Cards? That's the cast. Yeah, there's someone named Her name Senorita, is Senorita Dido. Dido. Yeah, someone is like named Senorita. Yes, so I think that's who Isn't it is. Isn't there like a singer named? Like, there was a Dido back in, yeah, 20 years ago, but not the same person. That's like the last time I actually listened to like, any yeah. kind of relevant Senorita music. Senorita Dido. Yeah. Well, it's well, wait, 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 wait. Is, that her, is that the uh, character name or the actress? The character's name. Senorita Dido. Yeah. Hmm. It's the girlfriend of the giant. Might be an anagram of something. Maybe she got him to change his name because she thought the giant was, you know, kind of passe. Well, so she's Senorita Dido and he's question marks. Yeah. (laughs) So would he be Mr. Dido? Like Giant Dido? Well. Is that like a phallic symbol? Like Giant Dido? Like Dido? Dildo? A a term? I don't think so. I don't think so. So what do you think? Do you think we're going to see any more bugs coming into mouths and hatching? And there's some. is there going to be any sort of... uh, 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 understanding of what that scene means in the future because they're teasing us with something that is pretty creepy. Um, but it'd be weird if they just don't explain it ever. There's got to be something. I mean, you know, I, with with the bug, I would think so. Um, I don't think they would spend a lot of time on it. I don't think that we'll get an answer of what it is. I think we might get an answer who that character is. Um, I don't think we're going to find out anything more definite about these woodsmen. I think we, we've kind of seen where they came from. I think we might eventually have a scene like above a convenience store or go into the convenience store. It certainly might be relevant to the Judy character, the mythical Judy character from Firewalk With Me. But I don't think we're going to spend any more time in White Sands, whether it's... I, I certainly don't think we're going to go back to 1945, and I don't think we're going to go back to 1956. Now, there might be a reference to it or references to it but I don't think we're going to see any more scenes I think this was like Lynch was like okay I'm going to, I know I'm going to spend like an hour or close to an hour like telling like you know this kind of you know I'm going to say origin story but showing revealing like the, the essence of Bob and these woodsman characters from this you know nuclear fallout basically and I think he and, and then also with the girl and the buck and I think he's kind of done enough with that, I think we'll get some answers, but I don't think that we'll go uh, too much further into it. Well, it was an amazing you... episode. I don't know. I I, mean, this was a completely mind-bending episode that I really can't, uh, you know, I can't say. I have no idea. Man. I just mean, I, I, I did not that expect I, I mean... any of this. I know there were some things that we had talked about with nuclear explosions and bugs and woodsmen, but this was a completely mind-bending episode that um, I don't know where we go from here. So I can't wait to see what happens next. We have two weeks to wait, though. Yeah, that's the whole thing. I mean, two weeks to wait. I mean, but this is the perfect episode to, you know, watch repeatedly and try to analyze and figure out for two weeks because I I don't think two weeks will be enough. But I think it's I think this will be an episode that um, is obviously very polarizing. I think the, the 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 coffee and pie and donut fans of Twin Peaks who were hopeful that Audrey Horn would show up this week and we would find out about <laughs> they're so disappointed right now they're sitting would, there with their at their party and really I sad. wouldn't even say disappointed I, mean, I think they would I think they would literally throw their coffee cups and their pie plates at the at their televisions I can see people like just tuning out like just shutting the phone uh, the TV off and like cursing at it and being frustrated well, why would but, you say that they uh, you know I think it had a lot of horror elements it was horrific it was like watching a horror movie you know a sci-fi horror show but episode. people just can't stand not getting any answers and seeing these abstractions. I mean, people just love like answers. Well, they I think love... we got answers in terms of Bob, like the origin story of. I mean, it was very cryptic. We we have to riddle it over and puzzle it over. But I think they are, he gave us. They're giving us more clues over, than I thought that we would get. You know, way over people's heads. I mean, it's over our heads. Or you and I. Yeah, you and I. Yeah, it's even over our heads. The Twin and Peaks, we, yeah. and we love it. I mean, we can we we've seen Lynch's movies. We love the the surrealism. Um, but like on first impression, I mean, I'm, I have no problem admitting like, you know, I don't know what the hell is going on. I mean, sir, I, intuitively I can 
you know, okay, this and that, but to actually like internalize it and to come up with concrete answers and to articulate it, I can't. But um, it's still like in me and washing over my brain and I'm sure I'll have like, you know, weird, bizarre dreams and be thinking about it subconsciously. And that's the genius of, 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 of this art, Lynch's art. And I just think people get frustrated by it. I think people were finally like thinking like a current a turn a current a corner excuse me has been turned with the last episode where it had I think the, the best pace we spent the most amount of time in Twin Peaks things were slow we saw a little bit more of Cooper Cobra Cooper and then to have this I think people are going to just figure like oh my we're just regressing and you know just too much bizarreness too much like Pendrecki too many nuclear explosions too many you know senorita dildos or didos excuse me too many woodsmen too many gun lights but i loved every minute of it and i i I, i'll take nine more hours really i loved it well i think that's what we're going to get we're not going to get uh i think eventually the the last few episodes are going to go straight into this world and just stay there i think uh, when he tries to get back to the lodge or there's something that's going to you know even top this in terms of um, you know, insanity and just uniqueness. And that's the thing is I love it. I think it, I was kind of wanting to have another episode three uh, astral plane type uh, thing <laughs> to interrupt the, the real story going on here. So boy, do we get it. <laughs> oh, you got it, my friend. You really got it. <laughs> well, it's going to give us a lot to think about. Um, we do have two weeks to uh, mull this over and try to process it. So I'm sure we'll do other podcasts and give you more thoughts. Do you have any final thoughts uh, for this week? Or this well, episode? just that uh, the next episode I think is entitled this is the chair. I think that's episode nine. And then episode 10, if I'm not mistaken, is Laura is the one. So, Oh, well, clearly she is the one. We've seen this. She's been preordained. Yeah. She's like Jesus or something. You know what I mean? Like in a way, she's some sort of she, second I mean, coming of purity to save the world. Or to, you know, that might be a little bit Bob, or to stop Bob. I think it's to stop right. Bob. That's what I mean. Final thought basically is something that I've thought for a little while is that, um, Bob, the one person that Bob, like we were told he fears is Mike, but I think really the only person that can really truly stop Bob is Laura. And I think Bob, the spirit of Bob has known that. And I think that's why he tried to possess her. And then when he couldn't, he killed her and she did die, but yet she lives. And if she's not going to make an appearance in the next episode, I would be shocked if she doesn't show up in an episode that's called or entitled, you know, Laura is the one. Yeah. I think we're going to be seeing Laura pretty soon. Most definitely. Well, yeah, and I think uh, we're going to get back on track. I mean, I think we're going to get on with the narrative. I mean, I don't think I think we're going to follow. You know what we? You know the Buckhorn. We're going to get back to Buckhorn. Obviously, Mister C is going to try to find Ray. Um, obviously, there's some activity in Twin Peaks with the drugs, and and of course, Dougie. I think we're going to get right back into that. And How we, can we really? We can't go into <laughs> slow motion Dougie mode after this episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, things are will. happening. We, things are happening. Dougie's got to get moving. Maybe this was just a dream Dougie had when we went the very beginning of the next episode. Dougie's gonna wake up. He just like, wakes you know, up. Michael Douglas in Basic Instinct, <gasps> and it's like you know, tell Janie E that he had this you know, you know, horrible, strange dream. Well, I think that would be the plot regression, not this episode. I think this episode is uh, gonna one. It's gonna go down in history. This one's gonna be one mulled over for a long time, um, and we will continue to do so. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. 